RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. The headlines. The chief executive confirms that Hong Kong will extend social distancing measures for another two weeks. The government comes under more pressure to do more for small businesses, especially restaurants and for the unemployed. And the debate continues over whether Article 22 governs the liaison office. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, has announced that social distancing measures to prevent the spread of COVID-19 will be extended for 14 days from Friday. The measures were supposed to end on Thursday at midnight. Speaking before attending the Executive Council meeting, Mrs Lamb said that even though there were zero new cases yesterday, now was not the time to relax. For the time being, uh, the better balance to be struck and a safer approach to ensure all the successes that Hong Kong have achieved over the last three months will not be wasted is to extend these uh, social distancing measures for another 14 days, which will take us to the first week in May. It means leisure... It means leisure venues, including bars, gyms and beauty salons, will remain shut. Public gatherings are limited to no more than four people and restaurants must operate at half their capacity. However, the Health Secretary, Sophia Chan, says social distancing restrictions imposed on restaurants will be relaxed, as in they won't have to run at half of their capacity as previously required. But other restrictions will remain, such as requiring customers to wear masks when they're not eating and keeping at least 1.5 metres between tables. If one can do this measure effectively, that is having 1.5 meter apart uh, of the tables as well as having uh, effective uh, partition, probably the number of customers has uh, already fallen below the 100%. So therefore, in considering uh, you know, what to suppress and what to lift, uh, we think this uh, 50% uh, requirement uh, can be lifted for the time being. We will continue to monitor the situation if there is unsatisfactory situation, like the restaurants are being too crowded and so on. We do not rule out changing it again or you know, trying to suppress it again. Meanwhile, the health chief sought to allay concerns over a government plan to turn a hotel in Kowloon City into a quarantine centre as part of beefed-up health checks for people flying into the SAR. From tomorrow, all air passengers will be required to stay either at a testing centre at Asia World Expo or at the Regal Oriental Hotel till their coronavirus test results are in. Professor Chan said infection control measures will be in place to prevent any risks to the community. All of them will only stay one night at the hotel. And meanwhile, they cannot go out. Uh, and, uh, you know, there will be special transportation to take them from the airport to the hotel. And after they know the results, then, you know, they can go back to their quarantine place. If it is negative, if it is a confirmed case, uh, obviously they will be sent to the hospital. Smaller catering businesses say they desperately need financial support because they've been left out of both rounds of the government's anti-epidemic relief measures. One stall operator said he and around 50 businesses in a Sham Shui Po food court are unlikely to get anything from the government because the landlord holds their licence. He says some stalls are already behind in their rent because their business has dried up. Civic Party lawmaker Jeremy Tam was speaking on his behalf. He already tried to contact the owner of a training centre and urged for a reduction on the rental. But of course this was a dead end and they're not going to reduce for cents. So obviously those subsidies would directly go to the landlord. He haven't heard anything regarding would they pass it on and divide it to 50 shops. He never heard of it, even though that is still a small amount of money. And Labour Party lawmaker Fernando Chung says the government needs to quickly introduce a third round of epidemic relief measures, this time to help the jobless. More than 28,000 people lost their jobs between January and March, pushing the unemployment rate to a nine-year high of 4.2%. 
Mr Chung says the government's two rounds of relief measures don't help the jobless and unemployment and underemployment will worsen. We have to make it real quick because even the second round would not come into effect until June. And when people become unemployed, their income would be completely cut off and people cannot wait. The Democratic Party says that the Link REIT's $80 million support scheme for tenants is cosmetic, calling it a PR show that doesn't really help these businesses to weather the COVID-19 crisis. The party says it surveyed 97 tenants and more than 95% of respondents said their business had been seriously affected by the pandemic. Lawmaker Lam Chuk Ting says the Link scheme hasn't been properly promoted or administered and comes with preconditions such as forced renewal of tenancy. I have reason to adopt that. Um, the link, the, the so-called relief scheme uh, made by the link may be just a PR show and um, I do believe that most of the beneficial might be the um, train store or big enterprises rather than the small enterprises. A former member of the Basic Law Drafting Committee says when the mini-constitution was drafted, it made it clear that Beijing was banned from meddling in local affairs. Martin Lee was commenting on whether the liaison office here is governed by Article 22, which forbids mainland departments from intervening in Hong Kong affairs. He told an RTHK radio show that the article's mention of a department of the central people's government must cover Xinhua News Agency, which was the predecessor to the liaison office. Meanwhile, Civic Party leader Alvin Young says for the past 20 years, the government has told lawmakers that the liaison office, or CLO, is subject to Article 22. In year 2000, when the name of the CLO was changed from Xinhua Agency to CLO, they issued a statement from the Hong Kong government and they make it very clear to the Hong Kong public that, look, this is a changed name. We consented it according to Article 22. And over the past 22 years, whenever something happened, whenever logical members ask questions regarding the standing of CLO, the Hong Kong government will refer to Article 22. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, apologised for the confusion caused when the government issued contradictory statements over Article 22 and the liaison office. She insisted the issue had now been clarified and that the office wasn't governed by the article. It is erroneous to treat the liaison office of the central people's government as an office set up by one of the departments of the central government because the liaison office is representing the central people's government to oversee matters of Hong Kong. Overseas and the South Korean government says it's looking into American media reports that North Korean leader Kim Jong-un is in a fragile condition after surgery. CNN quoted an anonymous U.S. official who said Mr. Kim was in grave danger. The South Korean agency dealing with inter-Korean affairs said it also couldn't confirm another report by Daily NK, which cited anonymous sources as reporting that Mr. Kim was recovering from heart surgery in the capital and that his condition was improving. The organisation Reporters Without Borders has warned that the coronavirus pandemic is amplifying existing threats to media freedom worldwide. In its annual World Press Freedom Index, it says there's a clear correlation between a nation's ranking in the index and its response to the pandemic. It says in China, ranked among the worst offenders, coverage of the outbreak was heavily censored. President Trump has said on Twitter that he will sign an executive order to temporarily suspend immigration into the United States. 
He said the decision was taken in light of the attack from what he called the invisible enemy, the term he's used to describe the coronavirus and in order to protect the jobs of American citizens. He gave no other details in his late night tweet. The U.S. has already agreed with both Canada and Mexico to extend border restrictions on non-essential travel until at least mid-May. Travel has also been sharply restricted from Europe and China. The governor of New York State, Andrew Cuomo, has warned he'll have to make 20% cuts to budgets for schools, local governments and hospitals unless the federal government gives him financial aid. The governor gave the warning at his daily coronavirus update. Mr Cuomo reported a little under 500 new deaths, the lowest figure for two weeks. And the number of people currently confirmed to have the coronavirus in Italy has fallen for the first time. Officials announced a drop of 20 from the day before. Here's the BBC's Mark Lowen. The Italian authorities have called today's figures extremely encouraging. The number of people currently infected with coronavirus has fallen for the first time, just by 20, but it's an important milestone, despite the fact that there were fewer tests than the previous day. There were, however, 454 deaths, slightly up on Sunday's figure. While the infection numbers are cause for optimism, the daily death toll is proving stubbornly high. Intensive care figures also show a downward trend, with occupancy now at its lowest level in a month. France has become the fourth country to record more than 20,000 deaths, joining Italy, Spain and the United States. To business, an HSBC has cut a number of top management roles in its investment bank despite putting a wider job cut program on hold because of the pandemic. As a result, Asia-Pacific Head of Global Banking and Markets Gordon French will take a six-month sabbatical and the European Head Thierry Roland will step down to take charge of a unit focusing on asset disposals. HSBC will be the first major British bank to reveal the early impact of the pandemic when it reports earnings for the first quarter on Tuesday. DAB lawmaker Holden Charles says he's asked the government to step in and look into whether local oil companies have engaged in price fixing. He says the recent unprecedented drop in oil prices hasn't been reflected locally. We have communicated with the Economic and Commerce Bureau and we have expressed our concern and we demand the government to step in, to intervene and especially to ask the Competition Commission to carry out new investigation to check whether the local oil companies have been engaged in price-fixing behaviour. Yesterday, U.S. crude prices crashed into negative territory for the first time, falling to minus $37.63. They were back in positive territory today, rising to $1 U.S. dollar and $0.10 cents a barrel. Virgin Australia, the nation's second largest airline, has entered voluntary administration as it seeks to strengthen its finances. It said it had appointed administrators to recapitalise the business. The move came after the Australian government refused its request for a loan. Currencies and the US dollar has been the euro is trading at one US dollar and eight cents. The greenback is one hundred and seven point five two yen, and the pound is worth nine Hong Kong dollars and sixty one cents. Local and regional markets have dropped across the board after US oil prices plunged below zero for the first time. As a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at twenty three thousand seven hundred and seventy four. That's down 555 points from the previous close. Market turnover was $65 billion. And now with the sports, here's Adam Chung.
European football's governing body is set to give an update today on its plans to finish the 2019-20 season. It's understood that UEFA wants to end the campaign in August. But with every league except Belarus still suspended, there are doubts as to whether the deadline can be met. More from the BBC's Simon Stone. UEFA will address all 55 member associations in a video conference, but with so much uncertainty over the game, President Alexander Sheferin is unlikely to offer much in the way of clarity. Two working groups have been set up to look at the implications of COVID-19, including one specifically to work out a revised calendar, so updates on plans to complete the Champions League and Europa League by the end of August are expected. In the Czech Republic, champion Slava Prague have become the first football team in the country to return to training following the outbreak of COVID-19. Slavia topped the Czech table by eight points, but there's no set date for resumption of the league season. Germany and Denmark are optimistic about restarting their league seasons next month, while others including England, believe it will be June at the earliest before they can play games. UEFA is still hoping to complete its own tournament in a normal two-legged format, though that might be difficult. It's also considering one-off knockout games and a week-long mini-tournament from the quarterfinals onwards for both the Champions League and the Europa League. While sports fans around the world have been starved of live action because of the COVID-19 crisis, South Korea's government officials have allowed outdoor sporting events to go ahead with restrictions. Starting today, South Korean football clubs are allowed to hold practice matches behind closed doors. This after the K-League season has been delayed by two months so far due to COVID-19. Baseball, the country's most popular sport, has also made its return with a schedule of pre-season games set for today. Professional women's golf will resume next month with reports saying two of the world's top 10 will take the chance to return to competition. World number 6 Kim Se-young and 10th ranked Lee Jong-un are set to play in the Korea LPGA Championship. The tournament features 144 players competing over four days from May the 14th in Yangju, east of Seoul. Organizers are still discussing whether spectators will be allowed on the course. South Korea once had the largest confirmed cases outside China, but appears to have brought the outbreak under control with a strategy of trace, test and treat. And that's your look at sports. And to end the news, the top stories once again. The chief executive confirms that Hong Kong will extend social distancing measures to prevent the spread of the coronavirus for another two weeks. And the government comes under more pressure to do more to help small businesses, especially restaurants and the unemployed. And the debate continues over whether Article 22 governs the liaison office. The news from RTHK.
Welcome to the One Two Three Show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Tuesday afternoon. Tuesday, the twenty-first of April, is today's date. Thank you to Phil for the morning brew this morning. Now, since it's Tuesday, we will be joined once again with our Tuesday correspondent, Andrew Dembina, and he'll be chatting about the latest happenings in the world of food and drink. And that's after the two o'clock news. And before all of that, we're going to hear about a brand new short film called Shut Off, and it's about COVID nineteen. And we'll be chatting with the writer and the director Thomas Elliot, as well as their producer Harry Pang. Harry and Thomas will be joining us uh, in about eleven minutes or so, uh, just after half past one. And of course, there will be great music coming your way between now and three o'clock. Let's go back to the nineties for this single. <laughs> 